Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Thank you for Rod, and welcome again to Another Day Above Ground, or as we like to call it, Boomtown. Huh? Get it? Because it's a podcast for baby boomers. That's right. We want to deal with people our own age for a change. And we have attitudes and ideas about just everything. And I'd like to introduce my partners because it takes three of us to get this job done. First of all, joining us from the state of Indiana, it's the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. Inspired by the Inflation Reduction Act that just passed the Senate, Governor Pritzker has decided to announce his potato chip diet. I'm supposed to understand that. I just totally missed it. Well, you're, you're not from here. Right. Okay. Then that's, that's why you didn't get it. Okay. Yeah, if I would have said Chris Christie, perhaps you. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's a Governor it's a, it's Pritzker a boy joke. Governor yeah. Governor Pritzker is about a Christie and a half. Yeah, JB is what he goes by. It stands for Jumbo. And uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so asking those questions is the lovely and talented Carolyn Strauss in Denver, Colorado. So it's funny, you called this Boomtown, which we have never done before. And when I was growing up in Massachusetts, there was a Saturday morning show called Boomtown. Did you know that? Did you guys have that in, in the Midwest? Nope. No, I saw I, the uh, John Wayne movie. Was there a John Wayne movie called Boomtown? Uh, the one I saw was, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, who knew? Who knew we were that popular? Anyway, so there was a I guy grew up Rick. with, I, 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 because I was on the Canadian border, I grew up with uh, the friendly giant, uh, uh, Shea Helene, and never uh, heard of him, Mr. Dress Up. <laughs> Still on the air. Mr. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Dressup used to It's called so Project go ahead Runway. With the boomtown thing. Mr. Anyway. It, it was it was it was kinda like it was kinda like a uh a Canadian Mr. Rogers. Uh uh he had puppets Casey and Finnegan and every day they would go rather than going to the Magic Kingdom, they'd go into the tickle trunk. <laughs> sure they did. Wow. <laughs> oh, they should reboot that show. Do you know the kind of ratings it would get uh, right now? Michael Jackson had one of those in his room. <laughs> but yeah, there was a show called Boomtown, and it was on Saturday mornings, and it was a host named Rex Trailer, and Rex was a cowboy, and he had Captain Billy, who was his sidekick. And I remember that show growing up. And then a really funny story. So when I was in the fourth grade, I got appendicitis right before Christmas. So I ended up in the hospital for Christmas in when I was in the fourth grade. And who shows up in my hotel in my hospital room was Rex Trailer to wow. like, you know, he did a tour of the children's hospital to to check in on the kids so that they weren't so upset at, at Christmas time. And then I went to Emerson College and he was my television media professor. Oh wow. So oh. full full circle and that's my boomtown story. On on afternoons we would have uh boy it makes me because this also came out of CKLW uh uh Windsor, Ontario, uh had uh, uh Captain Jolly and Poop Deck Paul. No. 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 I'm starting to suspect something about Canadians, rather. Now that <laughs> and, uh, they were way ahead of their time. Oh, and, man. Uh, I actually have a, 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 a 
<laughs> my dad was at his stockbrokers and Captain Jolly was there. He actually got an auto. I still have. I still cherish it. I still have an autographed picture of Captain Jolly that nobody knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some guy just signed a picture of himself, called himself Captain Jolly. For a good time. Thanks, no, Tim. No, it's obviously, <laughs> it's obviously Captain Jolly. Oh. Well, I have I have big news to announce this week. I have completed a project that uh, I've never done before. I built my do- my uh, granddaughter a two-story playhouse by myself, and I, I'm very proud of it. It's got a it's got a rock climbing wall and a slide and a rope ladder, and uh, she saw it for the first time this week, and so I wanted to clean it up, knowing she was coming over. And so I, I wiped down the slide with uh, armor all, make it you know <laughs> tiny. But so she went down the slide the first time, and it was like she was shot out of a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> she got up to about twenty, twenty-five miles an hour, skipped over the mulch, shot out about three feet. I go, well, maybe armor all wasn't the right thing to put on. <laughs> yeah, try pledge, I think, next uh, time. I scrubbed it all off and, and just put on lemon pledge. Anyhow, <laughs> wow. uh, washing it all off, it's, fu- it's fine now. But here we, we're in the, uh, the dog days of, of summer. I don't know how long they last. It's when it's really hot and uncomfortable. And you think of places in the world that might be a little cooler. One of which, of course, would be uh, Ireland, because it's always uh, chilly up there, I believe. So we figured, who better to talk to today than a real live Irishman? So what we found, or who we found, is Connor Cunin. He is originally from Ireland. He was then asked to move to Chicago and we, it's some sort of an extradition thing where he says here in Chicago the Guinness is great the natives are friendly and he's been force fed more corned beef and green beer than he ever had in Ireland but in addition to being a speaker and a humorist he has written five books I did not know this about you two of which on Mark Twain who is my favorite author I've written or read everything that he's written so anyhow welcome to another day above ground Connor Cunin Hey thank you very much uh, Dale you're obviously struggling for guests today but delighted to be here <laughs> We're well, struggling yeah, we, we, for guests every week Connor <laughs> Brad Pitt canceled at the last minute so we're glad we got you Anyhow, Connor, uh, you're you're a you're a baby boomer. You're uh, you know you're you're a speaker. What can you tell our fellow? Well, let's start with the differences. The differences between here and Ireland for our baby boomer friends who have never been there. Oh, there's quite a few, Dale. I, in fact, I was back in Ireland just a, a few uh, weeks ago, and uh, one of the big differences that drives me crazy is that you get good Guinness in Ireland. You do not get good Guinness here in the United States. So I refer to the United States as the land of bad Guinness. Uh, that would be one of the uh, elements that would be different. But there's a few things that are very different uh, as well. I mean, the... Um, I know you visited Ireland once or twice and you told one story one occasion that you ordered a drink and it kind of got you into trouble. Um, but we are slightly, uh, we're aware of the connection or the interface between Ireland and the UK. Um, over the years, uh, the UK, England 
kind of rape and pillage Ireland. But right now, to be honest with you, the relationship is is reasonably good. Um, but uh, I think there's a big difference, though, in some areas. Uh, for the Irish, for instance, uh, I always say that, uh, I tell my audiences that uh, Ireland has got the best crack in the world. Yes, sir, crack. Yeah, absolutely does. And Carolyn is looking at me saying, what is he talking about? <laughs> um, but actually, in, in, in Ireland, the uh, synonym for fun is the word crack. Um, and, it is uh, so, here too for some people, but I, <laughs> they're not <yeah>. mine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in in Ireland, but you're talking um, I mean, about the kind that doesn't give you monkeypox, though, right, Carolyn? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so in Ireland, for instance, I mean, if I meet friends like uh, they are, they will either say to me or I'll say to them, "How's the crack?" And the answer is mighty. And actually, you normally throw a, an adjective in front of it that starts with F. So it's effing mighty kind of thing. Um, but I mean, you're quite likely you might hear people and saying to each other, oh, you wouldn't believe the amount of crack we had down at the police station or the, or the Father Murphy's house last night kind of thing. So the word crack is really interesting. But also what's different, though, is uh, it's one thing my wife regularly says, what she really misses from Ireland is the crack, i.e. the amount of fun and laughter that you hear. So you go into an Irish pub and you're guaranteed to hear laughter and uh, good uh, joking camaraderies. So you go into uh, an American pub and it's all very, very polite old boys. And uh, I can't be here, here saying too many uh, rude words or things like that. So that's one of the really big differences. You make us sound downright British. <laughs> We're not Absolutely, that bad. Yeah, yeah you, you fought for your freedom as well against the Brits. Hey. <laughs> See, and that's what I had always heard regarding Guinness is that the best Guinness was kept in Ireland, the second best was exported, and the worst they gave to England. That's what I always heard. It. But they give the bad stuff to us too, huh? Uh, well, actually, part of it, Dale, is uh, people who of port. Guinness properly. Guinness will tell you to pour the proper pint takes 119.5 seconds. And I tell you, Tim, when you're thirsty, 119.5 seconds is a long time. <laughs> Only takes 32 seconds to drain the glass. So, you know, that's all <laughs> you want to spend your time. Yeah, yeah. And um, they, they, well, a good pub, though, knows what time you're coming in and has it sitting there at your stool ready for you when you get there. Well, actually, that's an interesting thing. A good public, I mean, when I was uh, when I was living in Middleton County, Cork, um, uh, when I was used to go to, to mass kind of thing, I'd be told to go to mass. You go down to Donovan's pub at uh, mass would be twelve o'clock. Um, you come out of mass early, about twelve thirty-five kind of thing. While the priest is still giving you communion or something like that, you go into Donovan's pub with about fifty-five other people who've just left the church early. And Donovan had about 25 pints of Guinness, just two-thirds filled <laughs> at that stage, ready to just kind of keep the um, supply chain going. These guys understood supply chain. <laughs> <laughs> now, going back to Mark Twain, I would be interested in what your two books are about. I, I mean, like I said, I've met, I love Mark Twain. Have you been to Hannibal, Missouri, since you've been in Chicago? Uh, I have. I've actually shot a few uh, little there that uh, I'm putting together for, I'm actually developing a, an online course, uh, Dale, titled What Mark Twain Can Learn You About Public Speaking. Um, wow, and that, nice. And that actually is one of the books I've written on uh, Twain. 
And uh, so I provide nine lessons because Twain was an incredibly successful uh, speaker. And you could make a claim he was the most successful professional speaker ever because from the time he started speaking in the late 1860s to almost his death in 1910, um, he visited about uh, 33 countries. Uh, he spoke in um, uh, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. Um, he spoke in India, uh, all to packed houses kind of thing. Um, so what I did was I developed a, a book providing nine lessons from Mark Twain on public speaking. And guess what, gang? Guess what acronym the nine lessons spell? What? How many letters are in Mark Twain? One, nine. <gasps> Don't tell me he came up with an acronym Mark Twain to provide the nine lessons that you can learn from Mark Twain. He did. Wow, so, that's that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, the thing I liked about Hannibal is it felt I I, I mean I, I could actually see what he was writing. I mean that's the way I pictured his house and stuff when I read the books, and it was just uh, it was it, it was quite uh, quite amazing. And he only went to all those countries out of fairness because he was broke because he invested in some really stupid stuff and he had to make money. So that's when they booked him on the world tours and stuff. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, he he did say that. But when it comes to business, the only advice I'll give you on business is don't take my advice or something very, very similar to that. <laughs> and you had you had one of your uh, I think one of your books is called Suppose You Were an Idiot. And the entire if I remember it correctly, the entire quote is suppose you are an idiot and suppose you are a congressman. But alas, I repeat myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, he was our, he's famous as being a, a humorist, but he was a really um, acerbic commentator on politics and politicians. I mean, uh, so much of what he wrote and said back in that day are really appropriate uh, for uh, today as well. I mean, he said that there's no uh, native criminal, there's no Native American criminal class apart from Congress. Um, <laughs> So uh, what I did was, uh, so I've done the two books. One is the, uh, for Mark Twain can learn you on public speaking. And the other one then is suppose you're an idiot, Mark Twain on politics and politicians. And he ranted and railed about uh, politicians here. Uh, he despised King Leopold of the Belgians because he knew what was going on in Belgium and uh, the Congress at that time. He despised Rome in general. So he was a pretty um, angry man in some ways, but incredibly humorous, obviously, getting the message across. It was very acerbic, too, when it came to religion. You know, he had definite uh, definite views on uh, the, on religion that he uh, brought forth, but always done, you know, with uh, with sense and and uh, and and humor. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the politician uh, he least liked and uh, there's someone very like him today in the political world uh, was uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, because he reckoned that Teddy Roosevelt was just a, a total uh, showman, a shaman kind of uh, thing. Um, I mean, he made a comment that um, uh, about uh, Roosevelt, he said, uh, we're all insane, each in his own way. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, the man is sane, in fairness. We ought to keep that in mind. But Theodore, as a statesman and politician, is insane and irresponsible. Um, and uh, so much of what he said about... Uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, uh, is very reminiscent of another pretty famous politician around at the moment. Bill Clinton? 
Uh, I, you can all decide. I'll leave it in your minds, my listeners and podcasters. I'm just, I'm just trying to envision Donald Trump on Mount Rushmore, and it's really bad. Well, you're not, imagine, you're not the only one, Dale. I can't imagine him climbing the hill up to, you know, Fifth Avenue and Fifty Seventh Street. He could never climb Mount Rushmore. No, no, Carol. Right. Teddy Roosevelt has his head on Mount Rushmore. Right. And maybe Donald Trump would like his head anywhere he can get it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So we have to explain a lot of things. So, Connor, what uh, what Irish advice do you have for baby boomers everywhere? What Irish advice do you have for baby boomers? Um, I suppose what I would say, Dale, is that uh, I use the tagline "Keep on keeping on." Uh, in all a lot of my material, and I think for uh, boomers, uh, each of us uh, we've probably had good days and bad days, etc. And I suppose you and the and Tim and the um, uh, the comedy field in particular. I mean, there are times like when you get on stage and things go wow, absolutely amazing. Other times you feel as if you just hear crickets and you're wondering why am I doing this kind of thing. But you keep on keeping on, and I do think that uh, for boomers, one of the most important things is to uh, keep growing. Uh, keep improving yourself and if you do that you'll stay uh, I think alive and fresh and I actually do a lot of work with people who are in job search and a lot of them know people say the employment rate is 0.5% but there's actually a few, quite a few people out there who cannot find something and what I say to them particularly if you're a boomer you've got to be able to show that you can are uh, able to add something to an organisation uh, be contemporary and have a certain level of energy uh, as well. Uh, and I think that's uh, so that you can add to a organization. Well, I, 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 can, I can write in cursive and I can use an adding machine. So I think those two assets should get me a job somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're a bit like my brother down in New York. He thinks social media is uh, kind of uh, smoke signals. No, so <laughs> social media. Social media is when you read the New York Times out in public. That's social media. That, that is uh, true. Yeah, no, I, I'm wronging Dale there because I know he's got his fr uh, Friday funny, so he's uh, pretty uh, clued in. But um, I'm pretty what? What was the? You're that? pretty. Clu you're pretty clued into social media. I know that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah. I thought it was another one of those Irish words <laughs> I was going to have to ask about. No, <laughs> I, I then my, my said my my brother down in New York. He just kind of a. a when it comes to social media. His wife, though, has discovered um, the social media first was this What's Up app is what she regularly uses. The What's Up app. <laughs> and what does that tell you? Um, she's continuing to grow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's a recipe thing? <laughs> I, wait, wait. I, would... I, think, I think I have to translate it. You see, the, the, the app is actually called WhatsApp, Dale. Oh, oh, WhatsApp. Oh, I thought it was WhatsApp. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, no. The WhatsApp <laughs> act shows that she really hasn't hasn't uh, grasped it entirely. Right, and it I probably have, shows oh. that the people who don't know what the WhatsApp is haven't grasped it entirely either, Tim. Right. But we won't we won't put, look at Dave when we're saying that. It's a lot of things I can't grasp entirely anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Arthritis is a real pain. Oh, isn't it? It's it's just... true. It sure is. Now you know. Now places. you know how a t why a T Rex is always angry. <laughs> his arms are so short. <laughs> 
so Connor, tell us, uh, tell us, uh, you know, what uh, what do you what do you speak about? What what is your message that you deliver to people other than keep on keeping on? Uh, uh, it's, it's two areas I can't on uh, Dale. One is on the corporate side. My mission is to improve people, performance, and productivity with a smile. And the other area that I work a lot in is I've had two bouts of cancer over the, the year. So I speak a lot to oncology groups, uh, cancer survivorship groups, etc. And the basic idea is if I'm speaking to nurses, it's basically to help them to keep on keeping on during challenging times. When I'm speaking to survivor groups, it's to make them feel good, appreciate what is the, the challenges that they've been able to overcome, etc. But always I try to leave them uh, laughing and learning a little bit as well. That's fantastic. Are you cancer-free now? Or? Uh, touch wood, yes, indeed. Uh, to two bouts and we're, we're doing okay. In fact, one of the lines I use, I use this one for actually both nurses and for the cancer survivorship groups. I've had thyroid cancer and I've had um, prostate cancer and they've whipped both of them out. So I now tell my audiences that having had a thyroidectomy and a prostatectomy, I now have an Irish condition known as there's not much left of me. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. That it goes along with the uh, with the uh, the Irish uh, martial art of Taiwan on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I hadn't heard that one. <laughs> but uh, you guys have any questions for Connor? Tim, you got something? I got nothing. <laughs> I'm, Tim, just here, I'm just here for the wise, wise, wise ass remarks. That's all I'm here for. Right. Well, tell uh, us about. Go ahead, Connor. But tell yeah. us about your most embarrassing thing ever. And I'll fill the rest of the time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, one story I love telling. It's kind of a, a funny, stroke embarrassing. When I tell this to the uh, oncology. Uh, healthcare professionals, you can't tell this the survivorship group. But um, after I had the uh, the prostate surgery, uh, what they did was they gave me a prostatectomy, so they whip it out kind of thing. Um, I'm leaving the the hospital. Uh, my uh, tackle down there is purple. Okay, That's, it kind of uh, doesn't look right kind of thing. But the doctor says, "Ah, you're okay. You'll you'll be all right." Um, so I go home with this uh, big purple tackle down at the bottom kind of thing, uh, bruising and everything down where they pull out the uh, prostate around the the genitalia, if I can use that word. Um, uh, that would be nuts not to. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to make a balls of it. Sorry. Um, but, um, uh, my wife comes up the following morning. Uh, she was looking after me, fair play to her. I love the lady. And uh, she just pulls the bed clothes down and looks down to see whether I made any improvement down in the um, uh, down, down the nether regions. And she looks at me and she says, Whoa, your penis doesn't look as rotten this morning. <laughs> well, that's pretty. That's, that's that's quite the compliment, really. I swear to God, I, I started. Uh, I realized uh, I I started breaking my sides laughing, and uh, I look at her, and she's breaking her side laughing, and then she says to me, "You're going to use that line, aren't you?" And I said, <laughs> "No, honey, I never ever will." So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I have some good news for you, Connor. Yes, dear. You can live just fine without a prostate. I've been without mine for years. And for I years. <laughs> yeah, I live without the prostate. I won't live without the penis, though, okay? <laughs> Neither will I. But that's a whole different show. <laughs>
<laughs> and on, on that note, folks, I think we've definitely hit the low point of the show. <laughs> We're at the nadir trying to crawl our way out. And Connor, uh, tell our uh, tell our listeners, please, where they could uh, first of all get a hold of your books and and possibly get a hold of you. And I mean that in the way of you know hiring you to do a speech. Right. Yeah. Not, nothing. Not nothing rotten. Your, he meant <laughs> yeah, nothing rotten. Penis. No. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the brand is actually Irishman Speaks, all one word, Dale. So uh, the website is Irishman Speaks, the Twitter handle is Irishman Speaks, LinkedIn, Irishman Speaks, etc. Uh, website, IrishmanSpeaks.com. So if anyone wants uh, someone to leave their audience with a smile in the face, a spring in the step, and memorable takeaways, uh, contact the uh, Irish guy at cc at IrishmanSpeaks.com as well. All right, I'm gliding your stride too, right? Uh, you got it, my brother. You got it. Okay. All right. Well, we're we're going to uh, we're going to leave you now, and I'll go have a Guinness. Uh, you know, it's not going to be ready for a couple of minutes. Carolyn, did you have something to say? Oh, I thought you I saw you raise your hand, but apparently you're just giving yourself the Heimlich. Um, so anyhow, I, I don't know what any of this <laughs> means. I just, I just rant. <laughs> Your hands aren't up if you're giving yourself the Heimlich, are they? I don't know. <laughs> unless, unless it means something different than what I think it means. I don't understand. No, no, when you go like this, that's, you know, it means you're choking. Oh. You were going like this, which I thought you were either raising the roof or you were <laughs> also raising. choking and forgot or the Or tap sign. dancing. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm getting my steps in while we're doing this. Come on. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. So that, that's called time management. That's a good thing. Tim, how about you? Any uh, any good uh, news to share? Oh, is this our is this our wrap up? Uh, this would be the yeah. The, we're into the last thirty minutes of the show now. <laughs> so <we're... laughs> no, just as always, I go to my website timslegel.com. Okay. And if you would like to uh, laugh even more than this, I, mean, I invite you to go to daleirvin.com where you can sign up to receive the Friday Funnies that Connor mentioned. Every week I will come to you in both a written and a video form of a, a look at the odder stories that happened in the world this week. Also, go to our website, anotherdayaboveground.com. No spaces between the words. And uh, you'll be able to uh, learn more about us, be able to look at all of our shows. And there's a comment section where you can tell us what you like about the show or possibly you'd like to be on the show. We would love to hear from you. Other than that, it's been a good show. We thank Connor Kinnean once again. Now I want all of you to go out and enjoy the rest of the day because today is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.